0: listening to rmd studios welcome to the table a podcast for leaders to build community have conversations and share resources the Table podcast. My name is Linda Bottoms, and I, today, am your host with Sean Rainey. Yes. The podcast is created by the Church Ministries Department and the RMD Studios. The Church Ministries Department is a ministry of the Rocky Mountain Ministry Network. The goal of this podcast is to provide resources, training, and networking to the ministries of the local church. We still believe the church is the hope of the world, and we are here to serve you and your volunteer leaders. So today, Sean and I are in the studio together, and we want to just share some observations with you that we are seeing and hearing throughout this season of COVID.
1: This is going to be fun, Linda. This is just kind of one of those podcasts where we just come in here, you know, we pick a topic, and we just start having a conversation. So I'm excited to see where this goes. One of the things, kind of one of the framework behind this podcast, our superintendent, Gene Roncone, often says that leaders are positioned Mm -hmm. at the top of the mast. You've heard him say that over and over. He shared that on sectional tour. Uh They see things that no one else sees, and they oftentimes have information that no one else has so that they can make decisions that no one else can make. That's I right. love that quote. I love that he shares that. And, and guys, listen here today, there is not a truer statement. That's right. We are in a crazy season through COVID, through the upcoming election season, through churches opening, through mask requirements, through gathering size requirements, so much stuff is going on today, mm-hmm. Linda. And, and it's our hope today that we kind of take this broad view. I like to call it the 30,000-foot view. We've heard that <laughs> statement, kind of like, let's remove ourselves from right. the weeds and let's look at this thing from a different perspective. And and today, honestly, man, I just want us to have a conversation and something that maybe could help a volunteer leader listening, something that could really help a staff pastor that's that's listening into this to maybe help them to see a perspective that they don't just uh, survive in this season, but they can truly thrive in this season.
0: That's right. You know, you and I listen to um, podcasts all the time. We read books, we read blogs, and this is a discussion we're having all the time in our office. That's right. And um, we talk to lead pastors, staff pastors, a lot of leaders, um, and they're all seeing common things that we talk about today. You know, in our church ministries department, we have now have this initiative this summer where we're calling every one of our leaders to check in with them and see how they're doing. And so as we talk to them, we're beginning to hear things Um, that are common. They're all having in common. And so what we'd like to do today is just share a few of those thoughts and those things in this conversation. So you and I are just having coffee right right. now, talking through some of these observations.
1: That's right. So recently, I want to start off with with one blog post that if you haven't seen it yet, our superintendent, Gene Roncone, the other day released a blog, uh, really insightful, incredible content. The title of that blog was uh, why is the church divided? If you haven't mm-hmm. read it yet, we'll put the link in the show it notes. It was great. It, it was, was really, great really insightful. I want you to listen to this quote, Linda. It starts off by saying this. He says, I can't recall a time in recent history when the evangelical church has allowed culture to divide them more than now. The coronavirus, social unrest, politics has fractured the church into a million islands of unyielding conviction. Overnight, pastors and churches are expected to be Hollywood producers, social justice gurus. That's a hard word to say. Uh, Community leaders, real-time commentators, and spiritual and a spiritual version of the CDC. Here's the bottom line that I took away from that article, that blog, is that pastors are being held to an unattainable standard. You know, I've seen other posts from different leaders where it's like, if I require a mask, this people are mad at me. If I don't require a mask, the other half are mad. If I say this, this section won't come back to church. But if I say this, this people won't come back to church. As staff pastors, your pastor is under a level of stress and pressure that's unlike anything that you could ever understand. Linda, you're a pastor's wife. You see this pressure. You're not only working this office and and help churches and help women's ministries, kids' pastors, youth pastors, but you're seeing this in a local church. You know, the enemy plans, his main plan is to divide and conquer. Linda, what are you seeing in the local church? You
0: know, I think I'm seeing several things. I'm seeing pastors that who, who maybe they have one um, idea or stance, and then they have a congregation who thinks totally different. And they're trying to be led of the Holy Spirit and trying to do what they feel like they're supposed to do. But then the congregation... Maybe the entire congregation yeah. says, no, that's not what we want. Or I see churches where the staff pastors are not agreeing with their their lead pastors, yeah. and they're not knowing how to um, fall into that role they should have supporting that lead pastors. And so right now, it's there's something everywhere. Yeah. I mean, all the churches, wherever you go, you and I talk about this. Mm. We have all these churches in our network, and every one of them is different.
1: Yeah, and. and- and and one thing, too, that I've seen, you know, looking at this, Gene poses eight questions uh-huh. in, in that blog post. But there's one theme, if we seek first the kingdom of God. Absolutely. That's the unity. That's where it's at. Staff pastors are sometimes seeking their own agenda. You know, maybe they had a budget that was approved at the beginning of, of 2020. Right. Well, guess what? Linda, that budget is out of the it's window. Shot. Absolutely. We know that right now with yeah. our own budget. <laughs> I mean, right. things that we were counting on, things that may have been promised. Maybe you were a volunteer leader and you were promised a whole new uh, you know, upgrade to your ministry. Well, guess what? We have to all pivot and we have to all recognize the situation and understand that it's not about my kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. That's right. And if we seek first the kingdom of God, Linda, what does the Bible say? It's all going to be added That's back. right. You Tell know, us. I was
0: listening to um, a sermon, actually, this week from Craig Rochelle, and he talked about um, being called. And, of course, he's talking to his church, yep. to the to the volunteer. You know, God's called you to something. And during these times when we're getting down and discouraged yeah. and maybe it doesn't look like we thought it was going to look like or we feel like we're going to be something we were going to be, mm-hmm. We have to remember we're called, that God called us to something. So no matter what all that other is, what did God call us to? That's right. And that's what we're supposed to do.
1: Let's talk about another podcast that that you brought to my attention a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's actually by Craig Rochelle. Again, you love Craig Rochelle. I do. I like him. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that podcast.
0: Now, he has a podcast, and it's just a leadership podcast, Mm -hmm. but he talked a little bit about— a a message or a presentation he did on anticipation. And I heard this first about three years ago, and then he brought it back to the forefront during COVID. And it talks about anticipating what is going to happen next. And, you know, you have to look down the road and say, when this happens, what are we going to do? Or is this going to happen? Now, for me, Sean, that's difficult. I have a harder time doing that than some people do. To be able to anticipate, I remember leaving that conference thinking, And saying to a friend, oh, I've got to learn how to anticipate Mm. because you have to do that. So what is going to happen here? So he suggests you have anticipation practice. Yeah. And we just did this yesterday in our staff meeting. That's right. We did. We all anticipated something. And then what would happen? What do you think it's going to look like if this happens? And what do you think it's going to look like? And so he talks about having anticipation practice with something that doesn't even occur to you. So maybe you don't cook. So you anticipate what's going to happen yeah. when you have to cook your own meal or or whatever it is, something small. So you practice anticipating. And I think today in the church, we're going to have to learn to anticipate um, what is going to happen. That's right. Because it, it's not the normal anymore. We're That's not right. doing the same things anymore. And we I think, have to too,
1: for staff pastors, you know, I—, I, I was having some conversations with a youth pastor um, actually on a podcast and uh, was talking about longevity. And it was Josh Jans. And Josh said something eye-opening. He said, you know, Sean, during this season of COVID, I had to really anticipate. I had to to think about what does my pastor need yes. right now? and And don't wait for him to ask me to do it. Go ahead and do it. And and I know for me that actually happened uh, at the very beginning of COVID. I was on another conversation. We were doing some Zoom calls with kids pastors and youth pastors, and just bringing some encouragement. And and hearing this question of. Um, what does my lead pastor need from me? Right. Or, you know, man, Sean, I, I really want to serve them, but I don't know. They're not telling me. And and I love what Josh said. Hey, just go and anticipate, right? Go and do it. So we created a, a podcast uh-huh. that was just seven things that your lead pastor needs right now. We interviewed several pastors. It was incredible. And that that podcast helped so many of our staff pastors, right. the ones that actually listened to it, because, <laughs> man, it helped them to get a glimpse of, from that top of the mass because they're not at the top of the mass. They can't feel what that lead pastor is feeling in pressure and stress. And, and listen, as a volunteer leader, maybe maybe you're not even getting paid any kind of stipend in your church or anything. You're just there to serve on Wednesdays or on Sundays. Listen, you need to understand the weight that that your lead pastor is under. And, and when I say those words, understand, you can't understand no. it, but you can empathize with him and and you can Take a load off. One of the questions that came out of that podcast was this simple question. Pastor, what can I take off of your plate today that will make your day go easier? Right, Man, Linda, if we can just do that in our marriages, in our ministries, Mm -hmm. in our churches, we would help and add value to everybody around us. Well,
0: and as a pastor's wife, I can tell you, when someone comes to my husband and says, I want to take this off your plate— Nine times out of 10, he is thankful. That's right. you know. And I think during this season and even now, even though we're not in the middle of the lockdown yep. and during this season, I mean, we should anticipate that we might be on one again. Yeah. So we need to know that sometimes your pastor doesn't know what he needs. Yeah. I mean, as a val- volunteer leader, there may be something you say, you can see he needs this mm-hmm. and just go and offer it. Because nine times out of 10, they're going to say, absolutely. That's right. You want to shovel the snow? I would love for you to (laughs) shovel the snow, you know, and um, because they need those things.
1: Yeah. And so we're talking today about these observations that we're seeing uh, as we're having conversations with pastors and staff pastors, as we're listening to blogs, reading books, we want to encourage you to to, to have your own observations, Mm -hmm. right? Like share that with us. We would love to know what you're seeing maybe in your county, in your area, in your context. Another observation that came out, and this was kind of a a really a hot button thing that just recently came out. Barna Research uh, put out that 33% of people are not even Mm -hmm. clicking on your online services. That's unbelievable. That
0: just means they're not going to church at all. They're not going to church at at all. all.
1: They're taking time off. They've been not in church for, you know, many, many months. Mm But yet that same pastor will now see them on social media and yes. they're out on camping trips or they're out fishing or playing golf or out at Home Depot, right. you know? And so then, man, what does that do to our staffs? What does that do to us? There's another blog that came out, Carrie Newhoff. I love Carrie Newhoff. Very, very insightful. And he said that 18% of churches right now, only 18% of our churches are staying the same or somewhat growing. are not seeing their attendance come back. And we just had a conversation the other day with a pastor that said only 10%. This is a large church. Only 10%. Of his congregation came back. Others are up to you know thirty, forty. There's some that are doing really, really well. Um, but but for the majority, this survey here, eighty-two percent are not seeing that attendance come back. Here's what's good news. Uh, and and actually talking back about anticipation, right? Uh, Gene Gene anticipated this. He said early on that he predicted or he thought that rural churches would come back stronger and quicker than, uh, you know, inner city or, or larger churches. And that is the case. We're hearing that quite a bit from, from different rural churches and and different people out there. You guys are experiencing good things Mm -hmm. in your church and you're in a city. Uh, there's other churches. So we're not saying all churches are doing this, but again, we're kind of making these observations hearing these things, and and then trying to process that. Linda, what does that look like for us? Like as a church ministries department, how can we better resource churches right now?
0: Well, you know, I think that's the big question. We want to know how we can better resource churches. Our passion and our heart is to resource the local church. And so we're trying to anticipate what they're going to need. And really, um, that's a big job because every church is different. So now we have those churches who are doing well, man, they've come back strong. Um, But then we have those other churches that aren't. We have churches that may possibly have to close because they can't get into their facilities or no one's come back. And so, you know, we're trying to facilitate resources for these churches so that we can help them maintain or even grow during this pandemic. unforeseen season. That's right.
1: There's a lot of stress on staffs. There's a lot of tension mm-hmm. uh, that that we're kind of seeing in in those staff relationships. You listened to a message uh, by Pastor Rod Loy that identified some of those things. Talk about that, and let's get some other observations. Well, you know,
0: Rod Loy, I, it came out, and uh, we had saw several people share it, and so I thought, I'm going to listen and see what he has to say, and it wound up being the most wonderful sermon because he was talking to pastors. It wasn't to um, his congregation. It was talking to pastors. And it said things like you just said that, you know, you see people who say, I can't come to church, pastor. I'm scared. But they go to work every day and they're out doing social things and you see it all over social media. And you're thinking, so why are you so scared to come to church? And so, you know, you begin to see these and you begin to take it personal that this is Because of me. Um, There's also people that you see are attending other churches Mm -hmm. now. You know, our whole thing is going to shift. All these churches are going to shift. And so pastors are more, um, there are more depressed pastors Mm -hmm. right now than there's ever been. And I'm sure that is going to um, just up the suicide rate. Yeah. You know, pastors not feeling like they can make anybody happy. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said before, I can't make this group happy. I can't yeah. make this group happy. Or maybe they're just getting out of ministry altogether. This is just too hard. There are so many things that are coming down the road for pastors that we really have to feel like. Um we really have to look at our pastors as staff pastors. As volunteer leaders, man, we have to get behind them, and we have to say, Pastor, what can I do for you? That's right. Um, Because they're really discouraged. You know, Rod Lloyd talked about how he has a 1,200-seat sanctuary, and he's got 200 people in it. Yeah. That's hard. Right. You know, it makes you want to close the doors up, Yeah, you know, but you can't do that because God's called you to pastor. That's right. And God's going to be faithful.
1: You know what I feel like at the very beginning, it, you know, for volunteers and for staff pastors, youth pastors, kids pastors, women's directors, men's directors, our lead pastors needed more practical things. Mm-hmm. They needed things like flexibility, communication, initiative. Now I'm seeing, and, and I even from this conversation, it feels right. like, they're needing more emotional support. They're needing to know, I can trust you. Hey, this job is going to get done. Help me communicate. Help me reach these people. Help me, let me know that I'm not alone in this boat. We, we use this analogy quite a bit. Get in my boat and help me row. Right. Man, and like that's the emotional support is, is, is what I feel like those lead pastors are, are needing right now.
0: Well, I think you're totally right because I think that they need to know that they've, somebody's got their back, yeah. especially in churches where they have paid staff. Yeah, They need to know that whatever decision they make, whether the staff agrees or not, they've got the pastors back. To
1: be that armor bearer. That's right. To be that Abishai mm-hmm. uh, to David, which is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. <laughs> I love Abishai. And, and that's what pastors need right now. Right, and, they do. and that's what, as a staff, you guys could step up and volunteer leaders step up and carry that load. Absolutely. The last observation that we want to make and, and, and again, we welcome your input. We're not here saying that we have all these answers. We're just kind of uh, updating these things or looking at these things from a, a 30,000 foot Perspective. There's another podcast that you and I, Linda, we love. We listen to Patrick Lynchoni, uh, one of my favorite authors. You know, writes some really good stuff. He, does. Um, he had two podcasts back to back. One was Plant the Tree. The other one was Burn the Ships, and really kind of coincided with another one of our kids pastors, Carl Bastian. Carl is the kids pastor at High Point Church in Aurora, and and Carl also runs a ministry called Kidology. And Carl put out a podcast that was so incredible. Two things. Here's what he said. He said, uh, what is one thing that if I didn't restart when we go back to having church that no one would miss? And man, like that is a great way to to think through what are those key things that, that if I don't restart it, no one's gonna miss, and then the other part of that was, what is one thing that I was doing before all of this that no one was even asking for? Right? Maybe it was extra meetings or a newsletter or all these things. Patrick Lynchoni says it like this: He says, "Start doing what you need to do now, and stop doing what wasn't working." We were in a unique time, mm-hmm. and and so the observation on this one is, you're in a unique season as a staff pastor um, to to kill some of those things that need to be killed, you know, stop doing those things that, that are taking away from the vision of the church and to start doing things that are going to bring life to the church, right? And and so as staff pastors, I think thinking through that, plant the tree, burn the ship, start the things that need to be started and stop doing the things that are well, taking away. I heard away. a pastor
0: say one time, let the dying die. Mm-hmm. If you have a program or um, an initiative that's dying, well, don't pour all your resources in yeah. there. Don't don't let that be the mountain you die on. Let wow. the dying die. Because it's probably the time for that. Yeah. It's time to move on to something else. That's cool. Well, you know, we would love to hear from you, the listeners. Um, what emotions are you feeling on a daily basis? What struggles are you seeing? Um, what are some things that you're anticipating before this election that's coming up? How can the church ministries department help you and the ministry you lead? So, In order to help you, we need to know what resources you need. We would love to have your feedback. I mean, if you're just sitting around and talking with some people on your team and you say, I wish we had that, give us some feedback and let us know because we want to be able to create the resources that are going to help you. Well, thanks for being willing to just sit around the table and listen today. Feel free to share this link on social media, it will help us tremendously. For more resources just like this one, subscribe to this podcast. Or you can always go to rmdc.org under the Church Ministries tab for plenty of podcasts and resources to help you grow. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Thank you for spending time with us around the table. For more resources just like this one, visit thetableresources.com.